Today's episode of Winging It on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packed fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities like New York and L.A., and they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us. And you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com backslash WCK to donate. We're trying to raise 250000 And if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com backslash WCK. Winging It Podcast. Hello and welcome into Winging It, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your host, Annie Finberg, joined by my co-host, Mr. Vince Carter. VC in the house. And we are very excited. We got a big time guest tonight. Big time. Yeah. Hall of Famer. The star of stars. Six-time Pro Bowler and much, much more. Terrell Owens. How you guys doing? Man, how are you doing, brother? You're the man of the hour. Good. I know Annie, you know, started this thing off asking or mentioning the draft. And uh, as I was saying, that I haven't really watched the draft, honestly, probably since, you know, it's what, been, what 24 years now. So uh, I haven't been one of those guys that, you know, carve out of my schedule especially around draft time to, to watch it and see who's going, going number one, two, five, whatever the case may be. Um, but you can't help but to pay attention when you have uh, ESPN and all these major networks kind of and social media <laughs> that too. I mean, yeah. they've been gearing up for this for, for some time now. So, you know, I was, t- I was somebody, I was talking to somebody else earlier. Uh, actually I uh, talked to some, uh, some, some of the Miami Dolphins uh, media team earlier. And they was asking me about it. And I told him, I was like, look, I said, I'm more concerned and looking forward to uh, the, the Last Dance documentary. Um, as before I'm, That's be, coming up. Before I'm looking to, to chime in to see, uh, to see who uh, goes one through 10 or what have you. But um, I did wish a lot of those guys congratulations. And, you know, like I said, they're about, they're about to embark upon, you know, some, some of these kids' lifelong dreams, um, a journey that, again, that will probably change their lives forever. Bro, think about this. You know what you just said? You don't even realize you said 24 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 24 years ago. That was before you were drafted, Vince. I know. Two years, I've been saying. I'm, but my point is, it's like, you know, you look at the kids now who are coming in at the, you know, that, that in, in their 20s, and he's been doing this for that long. So it's hearing you say say that number. And knowing you've been playing, and we were playing, obviously, in, um, at the, around the same time, it's just uh, it's 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 refreshing to me because you see some other people that are playing in there who, you know, twenty in, in the late late nineties. You right. know what I'm saying? So for you today, let's just say today now, when you watch football or when you're at if you when you go to the game, if you go, do you still get that itch? Like I, you still want to play, or are you far enough removed? Right. I don't, I don't go to the game, but you know, uh, I, I guess up until probably like a few years ago, I probably kind of just gave up hope as far as, you know, trying to, or, you know, hoping that I, you know, I would get an opportunity. I said, I feel like my career was cut short and it it didn't have anything to do with athletic ability. I think when people hear my name, obviously their perception of me being obviously flamboyant, um, all the negative things that have come with, you know, me playing the game of football um, that hindered my opportunities to, you know, to further, you know, uh, my career. I played 15 years. I, I honestly feel like I felt like I could have played at least three to four more years. And so now like, you know, I, you know, I was working out training, um, you know, with the idea of knowing that I could still play because even when I played my last year in Cincinnati, you know, uh, and I left Buffalo, the GM you know, that uh, buddy Nick's, they got the they got the GM job at, at Buffalo. He basically said that I had lost a step watching the film, said I didn't have it anymore. And then I go to Cincinnati 
And then I outplayed Chad, who had been there with Carson Palmer for like, you know, 10 years. Um, I was like less than 20 yards from a thousand yards. Um, I had nine touchdowns. So that's not someone, you know, that has slowed up, um, that basically has lost a step or doesn't have it. Um, you think about guys, even in the basketball world, you know, there are very few guys that are able to extend their careers or play 20 plus years like yourself. Um, you think of the Kobe's, the Dirks, you know, you guys are very, very special. You're very unique individuals. I honestly felt like I'm one of those guys. I just didn't get the opportunity because of exception. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I watch guys, you know, um, you know, that are playing in the league now, um, you know, Julio Jones and Antonio Brown. I'm good friends with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, who's kind of like the last of the Mohicans. Oh, the like Mohicans, yep. So, uh, those are guys, like I said, I pay attention to. I'm not too removed um, from the game. I do watch it. Like I said, you you can't help but to uh, be engulfed uh, with the sport because of the social media platforms and now all the uh, you know the networks. You got NFL Network, you got ESPN, you got Fox, you got CBS, and so you know there are the playoffs, things of those nature, and then you got the Super Bowl. So I'm not too far removed from it, but I don't really watch it on a regular basis. And I'm going to ask you this question like people ask me. Can you imagine back in our day, late 90s, early 2000s, if social media was around? <laughs> Man, I don't honestly, for me, I don't think it would have done anything from a negative standpoint. No, I'm for, just saying like the popularity would have been like. Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, it, it would have enhanced. Yeah, I'll give right. you that. I think it enhanced, you know, kind of you know, what I brought to the game, you know, had I, had it been introduced a lot earlier because, you know, now these kids, now they're more concerned about their social media than actually sometimes their actual production or being focused, you know, uh, to the game. And so, uh, you know, so I, I feel like obviously with my creativity and what I was doing, like I would have so many, you know, followings. Uh, you would be trending every day like you're doing now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So now trending like, now for other reasons, right? Which but, we'll talk about. Exactly. But I'm having fun with Absolutely. what I like to do. And I mm -hmm. think now people are understanding and getting to see a side of me outside of the media portrayal all these years. Like I've always been this type of guy, but nobody would ever know that um, because of, like I said, you know, media journalists or what have you, they creating a narr narrative or what have you. But I'm like with TikTok, you know, and, you know, all my social media I'm on, you know, I engage with all my fans, whether it's Facebook where the Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, I'm always having fun because, you know, this world has evolved. And so you just, you, honestly, you have to evolve with the times. Otherwise, you're just going to get left behind. You're right. So before we get into TikTok and everything, because I got a whole subject on it, but I want to start kind of from the beginning before we get through our whole show in about five minutes, because you got all the topics ready. But let's just talk about the two of you guys, kind of how you connected, when you connected, when you knew about each other, because you, like you said, Vince, you were in the league. Does he make you feel young, by the way? I'm just curious. No, I mean, like I said, anybody who's who's come, who's come around in, in the late 90s, I feel You're like, like we're, all, all, the same we're all the same. Like I said, we all, I mean, it's just... You know, coming through my time and obviously his time, you know, he's doing his thing, San Fran and, and shoot, throughout his career, you know, 15 years. So we've definitely crossed paths and, you know, and it's been a mutual respect. I mean, obviously you pay attention to the the, the better players and the guys who are always uh, making plays and continuing to, to be on Sports Center. So you knew, you know who they are. The unfortunate side of it to me back then, there was, it wasn't the social media. So when you hear about guys, if you didn't see them live or you didn't have that conversation about them, you can't just go on on a social media page and look them, those guys up or whatever. So that was the only thing outside of that. Yeah, I've definitely, you know, seen them, watched them play the whole nine. To piggyback, you know, what uh, Vince was saying, like, you know, we resorted to just watching ESPN highlights to kind of get catch a glimpse who the greatest athletes in our country are. And so, again, you know, like I said, I'm a basketball fan at heart. And so, you know, I realized, you know, as I was starting to really kind of emerge as a football player playing under the tutelage uh, of Jerry Rice and playing next to him and Steve Young and, you know, really just kind of being groomed to be the receiver that I became. Um, like I said, I was just, I was just one of those guys that admired these guys from afar. And so I didn't watch a whole lot of college. That's the thing. You don't even have to be a basketball fan to, to know who's, who some of the greatest athletes are. And so in college, everybody heard of Vince Carter. I mean, once he left North Carolina and then the things that he was doing, like I said, I mean, he had, he had the, the nickname, half man, has a, half amazing. I mean, that in itself 
will garner any type of notoriety or attention. So I, like I said, I was a basketball fan. And then obviously uh, when he went into the NBA, I mean, he continued to grow and excel as a basketball player. Shoot, you, your, your question, to answer your question, Andy, um, throughout the, our years, I don't know if we ever connected like that, but uh, obviously Dirk has a softball game in Dallas uh, every every summer. Maybe after my second year, we, we played, or maybe it was the first year, my first year, because I played one year, two years. Uh, but that year we connected and, and, and been cool ever since. I actually have a picture from that, from that do day. Do you? Yeah, I do. Oh, we're going to need we that took, for sure. We took a Put picture. Put that right in here. Huh? We took a we took a picture uh, some time ago. So uh, yeah, I, I think that that was the last time, or well, the first time that I could recall. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like with athletes, I mean, you know, you're always like I said, you're you're constantly watching each other. I mean, if you watch enough TV, you almost feel like you're connected, or you know that you. That's a fact. And then, like I said, I never got a chance. And like some of the people that I that I saw on TV, like I attended the ESPYS pretty much every year. So if you don't attend the ESPYS, that's usually sometimes one way or the That might of, be another way we connected, actually. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that like a lot of athletes, <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's how a lot of athletes cross each other's paths, you know, and that's like one of the, probably like the only time here in America where all the athletes at one time are in one place and yeah. you get to experience and, 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 and see each other, chit chat, and, you know, and, and you get to marvel at, at, at other sports and, and at their professionalism and, and, and how they became great. Looking, listening right. to all the stories and, you know, looking up there on stage and list, listening to the different people host, you know, Jamie Foxx hosted, LeBron is hosted, like everybody. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time. So you mentioned that you're a big basketball fan, but I believe you hoop a little bit too. Is that right? Yeah. I, oh yeah. I, I play a little bit. I feel like I can hold my own. Um, this I honestly, dude has been in every celebrity game. You best believe you're going to see him if they got one. <laughs> Every time I'm like, it's a celebrity game. I'm like, okay, wait, wait, okay. I know the usual suspect. I know Kevin Hart gonna be in there. I know T.O. <laughs> gonna be there. Like these are, he's a hooper hooper. I played three years college basketball and that's what a lot of people didn't realize or didn't know about me. And so, um, as I said earlier, I mean, I was a basketball fan at heart. I mean, you know, I think, you know, Vince has his, his fans before there was Vince, that was Michael Jordan. So everybody wanted to be like Mike. I'm sure Vince had that same sentence come out of his mouth. Like everybody wanted to be Michael Jordan. So, um, I was no different. Uh, got, got to UT Chattanooga on a football scholarship on the heels of another guy. And so after my freshman year, well, my freshman year, I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to try out. Um, but the coach wouldn't allow any guys, you know, that, that was being, that he recruited to play any other sports. So, Unfortunately for him and fortunate for me, he got fired after my freshman year. So when the next coach came in the following year, obviously we didn't have a uh, particularly good season. So I ended a season ended rather quickly. As uh, soon as our season was over, I went up to the coach's office, uh, asked him if I could try out for, for, uh, for the basketball team. And he looked at me funny. He goes, you do know that those guys, they were practicing. He's like, you know, those guys down there, they're recruited to play basketball, right? And I'm like, yes, sir. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, well, that's what they do. He said, well, if you can, he's like, I'll let you try out. But he's like, if you can make our basketball team, that'll tell me really ideally what kind of athlete you are. And so I ended up playing three years, my last three years. What position you play? I was one of those guys. I played forward. Um, you know, I played the dirty work. I did the dirty work. I didn't have, I didn't, honestly, I didn't have a shot. Um, I was one of those players, you know, you're 13, 14 guys on the bench, but you knew when you got in, when I got in, you know, I was going to get 50, I was going to get the 50, 50 balls. I was going to hustle. Right. I was going to rebound. So I was like, you know, Dennis Rodman in a sense, you know, right. Right. without a player. So, and then I got rewarded. Like my senior year, I ended up starting probably like maybe about five to six games. And, uh, my coach at the time, coach Matt McCarthy, um, he spoke at my Hall of Fame ceremony in Chattanooga as well. Um, he basically just said, like, yeah, I, I, I got better and better. And he rewarded me because I was one of those guys that worked hard. And Vince, you know, he knows. He knows he's played with, you know, certain guys, played with certain teams. And, you know, the guys that are going to go in that knows what to do, um, be in the right places. And then gonna, they're going to hustle. Hey, Andy, you should, I hope you know this guy when I say it. Tony Gonzalez? Yes, oh, obviously. Whew, I cheer for the Chiefs, bro. I know that. I know that. But I'm just saying, sometimes, you know. Man. <laughs> just, just think, Child, Tony, please. Tony Gonzalez played small forward in college. I had I was guarding him. 
He played oh at, at Cal. Yeah, he was a small forward. So there's a lot of football players who have that uh, athletic ability to who can cross over to the sport and play. And you know, obviously, To is one of them. And there's a lot of other ones uh, in the in the in the field that can I think that could probably do make some noise in the, in the NBA. And what what's so funny is that if I had the ability that I had, probably say like eight ten years ago, if I had that ability when I was in college. Yeah, I definitely would have pursued. Uh, I would have pursued a basketball career a hundred percent. I got so much better after I left college. Right. So, just humor me here. If forty something Vince and forty something To played one on one right now, what what would that look like? Who's our winner? Oh uh, yeah, I mean it depends on well his cardiovascular, his stamina is a lot greater than mine right now. <laughs> I mean, I would give that edge to, to to Vince. I'm not going to sit up here and shoot. <laughs> Or try to do anything that I'm not supposed to do, but I, I, I give. I, I that, that's give. all. That's all we. But you for. sound like you're a hustler. You for sound sure. like you're a hustler, a lockdown defender. Like I don't know, you might, you might catch him on a bad day. Vince, what do you think? It's possible. Well, everybody has a bad day. Everybody, so, I was just about to say. Hey, if I catch him on a bad day, trust me, I'm gonna take that to the bank. Right. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> Maybe when you go back to Florida events, we might have to like organize this or a, a trip to hey, the golf course. Do you golf to you? Um, I'm starting to get into it. Actually, I, I, I sent an invite. I'm doing a, a golf tournament August 2nd uh, through the 3rd in, um, in, uh, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, hopefully uh, I can get Vince. I think I, I sent you a, a text about it. So hopefully okay. I can get Hey, uh, where? Where's it going to be? What course well, do you know? Well, Hollow. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm doing it with obviously uh boys and girls club. Um, oh. but I'm sure you'll, you'll recognize his name, Tom Fazio. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's a designer. He's, he's of, a great uh, designer. Non- yeah. Of golf courses. And so I, I ran into him. I, I attended an event golf event last year. And so, uh, again, we connected and then, like I said, I'm not a golfer by any means, but when people see me play or they see me hit, they swear I got game, but that's the thing. I don't, I'm not on the golf course every day. And as I'm sure Vince can attest to like that game right there, you have to be mentally into it and it requires a lot of practice. So I don't, like I said, I don't claim to, to, to be a golfer by any means, but you know, I'll, I'll hit some shots that, that make you think otherwise sometimes. That's what that's what keeps you coming back right there. I was a full time cart girl in the summer of 2010. So if you guys need anyone to be in charge of like the golf carts or the drinks, just let me know. <laughs> gotcha. I, I feel like I want to be there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's usually what just I do. I play a lot of events where, you know, I tell them they I get invited to a lot. I mean, even Tim Tebow last year and he I've been uh, he has a spectacular event um, that he does in. um down in Sawgrass in Jacksonville. Mm. I mean, awesome event. And, you know, the first year I told him, I was like, dude, I was like, I can come. Like, I can't golf. He's like, man, we don't care. Just come have a good time. And so the last, you know, two or three years I, I've been going, it's been a spectacular event. And what's so funny, there's the, the 17th hole. The part three. I already know. And you have to hit it over the water. Onto an island. Yeah. And so Scott, um, I can't think of his name. He's uh, one of the guys at, at NFL Network. He was he was sort of like the MC on this particular hole. So I, I wasn't really playing the entire day. I was just kind of like hitting shots here and there. And he really called me out. He put me on the spot. And all the fans was just sitting. I'm like, dude, so he started. I did see this. I saw this video, actually. Vince, I'm telling you, I haven't, I probably hit maybe a handful of shots at this time. And so all the other time I'm, I'm driving around in the car, just goofing off. And he started, he's like, yo, I'm just thinking he's going to announce me just to kind of, you know, to the crowd. And then he calls me out. I'm like, yo, who thinks T.O. can hit it? And I'm like, no, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I, you know, I took two shots. I'm not going to tell a lie. I took two shots. The first one I whipped. And then I got super competitive and I'm talking about instantly. And I'm like, so all along, like I've been watching people hit. I'm a visual person. So I've been watching mm-hmm. people swing, mm-hmm. club, this and that. We had a couple of women that were nice at swinging and they gave me a couple of corrections and stuff like that. And so literally the bet was that if I could land that ball on that island, everybody had to put a put 20 bucks into a hat. And so I hit it. I hit it. It went over. It went over. It went over. And landed on the green. The crowd erupted, dude. Oh <laughs> man, it was like the most awesome feeling ever. And absolutely, you know, yeah. He made a comment. He goes like, "Some pros can't I, even do that." I was literally going to say that. Like, if you watch anybody hit on the on, on sawgrass on the seventeen, that's impressive. Do you do you remember the distance? No, I don't know that. I, it didn't I matter. <laughs> because the thing is, I had to get it up, get some height yeah. on it, and over the water so it can land soft. Yeah. 
Ironing, like I said, it's small in comparison and, and relative to like the core. So it's not mm-hmm. like a whole lot of room. You got to be, right. you got to be accurate. You got to right. be on point. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that I knew that I did that, and I know Tiger Woods and all these other guys have have played on this course and hit it, and some of them haven't even got on on there. So, hey, and to add to that, you had a, a a gallery, you had a crowd of people, which makes it even harder to do because your eye, when you look at it, the green looks small, and then you see those people on the, uh, I want to say the left side. I guess it was to your left. Yeah, you, you know, that's that's intimidating in itself. On top of the fact that you like, man, hit the ball. Now hit it up in the air. Don't hit right. it too hard because I need to land. You know, all of these factors. So that's impressive. Yeah. I love golf. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing to add to that, unfortunately. So I'm just going to go ahead and change the subject. Um, <laughs> you said you wanted to be like Mike. Um, obviously, The Last Dance just came out. I saw you were tweeting. You got into it a little bit with Shannon Sharp about who the GOAT really is. So just talk to us about that. And if you're, you know, you're still holding it down for Mike. Well, of course, I don't necessarily have to hold it down. I think this documentary will do it do itself uh, some justice. And I think, honestly, just the timing of the the documentary, I think, is is impeccable. If you look at, especially now, where everybody, you know, you, you think about the the new age and new era of kids that has never seen Michael play, and all they've seen really is they probably seen Kobe and LeBron. So they think that you know, obviously rightfully so that LeBron is the greatest, you know, that's not, I mean, what I said is nothing to discount or discredit, you know, the ability that LeBron has. I think LeBron is probably like the best athlete that we've ever seen ever. really yeah. you know, grace the basketball court. And you talk about like, you know, obviously we're sitting here talking to Vince who plays above the rim, but you know, this guy plays above the rim. He does makes all the right plays. He's very smart. He's put pressure on himself, you know, I'm, I'm sure as a high school kid to have a complete game, try to possess, you know, one through five, a skill set to where he's able to dominate a game. But when you think about Michael Jordan, what he did, even at the his rookie year and just at, at an, at an, in an era where, you know, just like the, the, the documentary said, it speaks for itself. You're playing against, you know, four Hall of Famers with, with the Boston Celtics, and they were already saying that he was one of the greatest players ever, and he just stepped on the court. So I think those type of statements and, you know, I think if you haven't changed your mind within the first two episodes, like I said, you got eight more. And I guarantee you something, <laughs> something is going to shift. Vince, do you agree? You think he's the greatest of all time? For, uh, for sure. I mean, uh, I think Mike is is Mike point blank. And and I tell you, it's it's tough to it, like it's it's tough to to say, well, I was I was fortunate enough to play against all three of them, first right. of all. You know, so, uh, you know, and there's not many people who can actually say that. So I'm getting to see them all. It's just, you know, I I play, um, I've I've come in the era of the old school and and seeing Mike. So, and and I, I, one thing I will say, and I I don't like to compare, but I will say it, uh, it, a lot of it depends on the rules that you're going to use. Because I, I, one thing I'm going to say is think about this. Mike averaged whatever he averaged and dominated in the hand check era. And, right. the, and, and how physical the game was. You put Mike in this era now, that you have a question to answer. He's, he's, he's going to average like 45, 50. That's what I'm saying. You have a question to answer. And that's that's my argument to that. And then when you answer that, however you, the person, answer that, then I think you kind of can come to a, a realization of who's who. Like, I, I don't discredit. LeBron went to the NBA Finals nine times. Yeah. Some people didn't go, has it gone <laughs> once? <laughs> you see right. what I'm saying? He 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 did nine times, and that's an amazing feat in itself. Now, MJ went six times. MJ won. Le- right, LeBron. LeBron has lost as many, many as had. he won. Yeah. So that factors into that that conversation of you know if he's really the greatest. So my thing is okay if he's that great, then you should have at least you know won half of that or a little bit more than half. But the fact yeah. that he lost you know just as many as Michael's won, you know. Like I said, that that holds a lot of weight to me. And then for me personally, LeBron is not even better than Kobe to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's such a disrespect and disservice to what Kobe has done. Mm-hmm. And that, like I said, I don't take anything away from LeBron. Like, you talk about Michael and you talk about Kobe, everybody at some point in time in a conversation, everybody's going to talk about that it factor. Vince knows what I'm talking about. That it's that it about them. It's that killer mm-hmm. instinct. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't feel like that he has that. And I'll say it's such a sensitive, sensitive subject because obviously 
when you have this conversation, it's going to kind of factor on the area you come from, like you said earlier. And at the time that you say, and I'm sure people are going to hear this and feel like, oh, T.O. is disrespecting LeBron. It's really not, that's not what's being said here. It's just, you're giving your opinion one for two. You're just stating some facts. Some facts are the numbers. And and you look at, like, if, if you're a human being and you say, if if you only got to the NBA final six times and you won six times, would you be happy with that? I think so. And and you you be like, bro, you can't tell me. I don't know what it feels like to lose in the finals. <laughs> so, but at the same time, I say LeBron has made it nine times. So if you go that many times, you're gonna you're you're subject to losing. Lose, right? <laughs> That's just the reality. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. You know, effort. so yeah, you can't take you can't take discredit him for going nine times. Only a hand few people has gone more than him and has won. And you know, we know who's won the most. That guy by right. the name of Bill Russell. Bill Russell, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, just think about those numbers. Right. Like I said, nobody, I, I'm sure a lot of people will throw Bill Russell in there, but it's just the way that Michael carried himself. It was that flair. It was just everything that he embodied as a basketball player. And then as you watch these documentaries, obviously on the second one, you're going to, everybody's going to learn. You're going to, you're going, you're dip, you're going deeply inside of what made Michael Jeffrey Jordan him. And why people think that he's the greatest of all times. And, you know, like I said, with Shannon, I mean, you can throw out all types of records, this, that, and the other. But, again, when you talk about guys that, again, play on both ends, defensive player of the year, MVPs, Kobe and... and, and Kobe was too. But, but Michael Jordan, he did that. Yeah. Kobe and did I don't, too. I have, I have a poster. I got a poster in my, that I just ordered of LeBron. So I, it's not like I hate, I hate that guy. But like you said, I'm giving my opinion based on what my eyeballs see. I'm, I'm, he, Michael Jordan has passed the eyeball test, and I've witnessed him play, and I've witnessed, and I've witnessed Kobe, and I've witnessed LeBron, LeBron play. Do you think that the playing on both ends of the floor, do you think that's kind of an object of the era that LeBron is playing in right now, or do you think that that's just him as a player? Defense is effort. It should be effortless. And, like, and I heard Michael Jordan say, like, when he didn't have Scotty. I mean, offensively, uh, his game took a hit. But then, like I said, he, he had to find other ways to really help his team win. And like I said, offensively, if he can't do it, then how else are you going to keep your team involved if you don't play on the defensive end? And so I think that's what kind of thing helped his defensive game, too, and especially when, when Scotty came back. He said that. <laughs> I what mean, you think, Vince? <laughs> he said it. He's right. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it just it's, it takes a lot of effort uh, that, that on the defensive end. And uh, you know, I wasn't probably the, you know, the greatest defensive player, but I was a team guy. And it takes a lot. And and you know, for 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 MJ to and and I say Kobe too. You know, to to put that effort on the court like that and still dominate on on both ends is 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 an amazing feat. Well said, my friend. Well said. Vince, what did you personally think about the documentary? Not so much about MJ, but just how it was made and everything we learned from it. It's, it's. I, I think I see it a little different. Like guys, uh, the, the people of my era, the older generation, I think we see it a little different because we got the opportunity to see some of these highlights, plays, games, accomplishments live or be around. Like, you know, in 91, I was a freshman in high school. So I, I'm not that far removed from what was going on. In 95... I'm a senior, you know, I'm 98 when he retired. He, he he won his last championship. I just entered the draft. So I'm right there. I got to see these things. I got to see when they were coming to Orlando and I would watch him play. When he got his jersey stolen in Orlando and he had to wear 12. That was right here in Orlando. So, you know, I yeah, exactly. So it's just, I I, I, I see it. It was well done. Is that his jersey back there? Did you steal it? Nah, bro. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Nah, that wasn't me. <laughs> Where? Like they literally stole it out the wash uh, from you know what what I what I heard. That is crazy. That's a crazy. So, I, I mean, to watch it, it's just like it's just amazing because I got the opportunity to play him and 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 watched him prepare and and and, and do his thing, but then to see the behind the scenes and you know, it's just like yep, what we think from that era, what we thought of MJ and how he prepared, and in watching it, it was it was right on right. And T.O., it showed a lot of the the politics and the front office between players and, you know, front office staff, coaches, et cetera. Have you been a part of anything like that on your teams where you've seen, you know, that harder side of it, I guess I would say? I, I, I had some empathy with Scotty Pittman when, again, he's clearly at that time, number one 
one of the best two or three players in the league behind Michael Jordan and to, to be undervalued and underpaid. Um, like I said, I went through a situation like that when I was in Philly, I felt like I was, you know, underpaid considering what I was doing on, on, on the football field and you want to get your market value. And so, um, like I said, I don't really know what his agent, uh, situation was and, and, and really the dialogue that went into him signing or whatever the case, the contract seven year deal. But again, like I said, if you don't know, you don't know. And if you're not being, you know, if you're not being educated, um, and made aware of what you're signing or the length of it or the, the, just the, the, the depth of what your contract is like, man. And I, and I, and I felt him, especially when I saw his mom, you know, um, they showed the picture of his mom and he just wanted to support his mom. And that's, I'm pretty sure, sure, sure at that time, the amount of money that he was getting paid, like, yeah, it could take care of his mom. But then now you take, you got her taken care of. Now you focus on you. Now it's like, okay, you rank yourself and you assess and observe where you are statistically and what you're doing in the league. And, you know, he's what, 122nd. That was unreal. Right. So I, I felt, you know, honestly, I tweeted about that too. I felt so much empathy, you know, for him um, in that situation. And, and, you know, Krause, he was cutthroat with it. And it's just like, it, it was one of those old school mentalities of, of an yeah. owner or whatever case may be. And um, yeah, I just, I, I didn't like it. And of a player as well. I mean, just the the the, the way he handled it and went about it. Uh, back then, obviously, contracts you can sign longer deals. Obviously, it, it locked you in for a longer time. So it just to, it was just crazy for me to hear sign for seven years. I'm like, man, golly, like that's a career. That's a career for some players now that he was signing. So and and, and you look at it now, there would a player. You ask a, a player to sign seven years. It just depends on the person. Like some people will say. I'm secure for seven years in the, in the NBA. Right. Cause I know it's different for the NFL. Well, exactly. Because you're get your contracts are guaranteed. guaranteed. Yeah. So, so right. So, so seven years is just like, now you're like, Whoa, man, that's, that's security. But eh, that's a, that's, that's dicey. So, but the, the, I, the one thing I didn't know is that the, to where he was as a player, he being Scotty and what he was like, his pay grade was, he was like 122nd. You said that's insane. Insane. Very insane. And considering, like I said, I mean, Michael Jordan, he made the statements like, you know, when you talk about me, you should obviously, you should mention Scotty yeah. Pippen uh, in the same breath because he realized, like I said, they were like Batman and Robin, you know what I mean? And, and he knew that. So I'm sure he's attributed to a lot, a lot of his success based on how those guys were able to gel and, and mesh and do the things that they did, you know, on the basketball court. I'll say this last thing to all of that. I think outside of the documentary being as, as good as it was and, and had people sitting on the edge of their seat, my MJ saying that right there stuck out more than anything to me, because how often did we, did we hear that? We assume that. But right. Exactly. Did you ever really hear MJ say that, you know, often, or you didn't really hear it talked about as much. And he's like, yeah, you can say what you want. I got six championships, but I wasn't getting six championships without that guy. Right, right. And one thing I think, yeah, that's that's a good point that you made, too, as well. I didn't like the comment about, you know, him saying that, you know, he didn't like the way that Scotty went about, you know, trying to tie management's hand with the injury. And then at that, in my in my opinion, I, I didn't have any problem with the way that Scotty handled it because I'm like, OK, if you're not going to pay me, then I'm not going to go out here and injure myself and, and put more wear and tear on my body when you don't even value what I'm giving you. So if that's the case, okay, you just wait till I get healthy, and then you know we can talk about it then. So I'm not going to go out here and just risk, you know, uh, risk my health, you know, for the sake of just saying, okay, this is about the team or what have you, because clearly management and he were definitely on two different pages. Yeah, they sure made it clear. <laughs> Once this is over, brother, <laughs> right, you could go on your way. <laughs> exactly, which is un, un insane to in, in, unreal to hear because of what we just said, how dominant the two of them together. You would think. Right. We're trying to keep this group together as long as possible. And then we we lure other talent. And yes, I know you want to get younger and you want to bring in more younger talent, but you groom them under those the two one of the two greatest the, the, excuse me, you groom them under the two greatest players in the era for as long as you possibly can. And then to do that like on the eve of this is like the eve of their sixth championship. Like that's what was so crazy that you're willing to risk you know, obviously, you know, something special for your organization because you want to be so, you know, strong-willed, headstrong about your beliefs and, you know, how a player or when a player should be played and mm -hmm. how much, you know, how much value. 
he holds. Tio, you mentioned, obviously, they were like Batman and Robin. I'm curious to know who was your kind of right-hand man or a couple of your favorite teammates throughout your playing career. When I, early on in my career, when I played under Jerry, I, I can't even say that I was a Robin. He was definitely Batman, but I, I can't. <laughs> I was just really just trying to find my way, you know, but, you know, I played, what, three to four years with Jerry. And, and then, honestly, I started to kind of see and develop my skill set understand what I could do on the football field, learning from him and just really just enhancing and, and, and bettering, you know, my own skills. And so once I saw that I was a compliment and then the organization started to see that I was getting, getting better year after year enough to compliment him. And then to think that, you know, and have enough, you know, wherewithal to think, okay, here's a guy that can ultimately replace Jerry Rice. That, that, to me, that that said that spoke volumes. Um, that's almost like somebody saying that they can replace Michael Jordan. In my eyes, that's how. That, I mean, that's how. Really, kind of, I, I was a novice, you know, when it when it came to my experience and, and my skill set early on in my career. But you know, then get better, um, become a go to guy, be able to compliment him while he was playing, and then them having enough or fortitude, I guess, to to to, to move him or trade him away. Um, knowing that I could, I, I could, they saw enough of me to fill his shoes. Um, that spoke volumes uh, to me, and it allowed me really, you know, put me in a mindset that I, that's how I trained. I trained to be, you know, I knew I couldn't be Jerry Rice, but I tried to be as close as I could, you know, with his production and just added my, added my flair and brought my, my, uh, my capabilities, my physical attributes to, to the game. Let me ask you a question. So, uh, did you, obviously, you know, when you, when you come in and you're playing with Jerry, you see him and you 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 see his greatness every day. Did you realize how great an, of an opportunity you had when you were with him? Or as he left, you like, man, greatness just walked out the door and I learned so much from him. You know, like when did you kind of realize that? I mean, obviously when you get there, uh, you know, the name in itself speaks volumes and you don't know his worth. That you just can assume what you can assume. But obviously going through, you said three or four years playing with him. When did you kind of realize like that's that's elite and I needed that? Just I mean, I was always a hard worker anyway. Um, that was one of the things that I think I think I just learned uh, instinctively, just even just watching, you know, my grandmother raised me and my mom raised me, knowing that, you know, I had an opportunity to better myself, my family, my career. And obviously you hear about, you know, the work ethic of Jerry Rice and what he's done, you kind of understand. Yeah, you know who he is as an athlete. You know, obviously the greatest of all time. He's been that ever since I've I've, I've known. Um, and then watch he and and Steve Young just the chemistry. Probably his last year with the Niners was when I realized like, okay, I I can I can compete at a high level. It was one of those years. I think me and him we had a thousand yard. Like it, it was like nothing for him. But to have another receiver have a thousand yards in the same season. That hadn't happened in a while until I showed up. And so you think about J.J. Stokes, who was looked upon as to be the next heir apparent to Jerry, to Jerry Rice. And then I came in and basically kind of just, you know, kept making plays and kind of just moved in, in the in the foreshadows of, uh, of, of J.J. Stokes. And so I became that guy. And so I think that was kind of the, the indicator for me that I was going to be able to play this game at a high level when I they made that like a big deal. It's like, man – to hear this guy, I think it's second or third year in the league, and they haven't had two thousand yard receivers on the same team with the Niners in some time. I don't know if uh, I don't know who it was. I think it may have been John Taylor, or it, or it could have been somebody before John Taylor. But that was kind of when I knew that uh, I was on I was on path to be to do some great things. And, and I had some great coaches that that stayed in my ear. I was looked at you know coming out coming into the draft as you know having some potential uh, to be one of the greatest. Um, just because you labeled of, of, of having that potential, that doesn't mean it just happens. And so there was a lot of hard work that goes into it. I speak uh, speak a lot to a lot of kids. And, you know, I've even talked to, to real estate companies, stock, um, about really how I reflected my career and how I became a Hall of Famer. And that was through my desire, my dedication, and my, and my discipline. My desire was obviously to, to, play, uh, to play a sport. It didn't matter what it was. Um, but I had to dedicate myself and then I had to, you know, discipline myself uh, to, to elevate myself to the status uh, of what Jerry, Jerry Rice was. So he really inspired you. That was like your inspiration, maybe to where you got to today. 
Yeah, ab- absolutely. And you know, like I said, I, I couldn't have done it, like I said, without the coaches that constantly, you know, push me, you know, to greatness. I mean, they didn't let me get the big head. I didn't have the big head anyway, but they, they let me know that I had the abilities to, to, to be one of the, you know, great players, you know, playing the game. I didn't know that I was going to be a Hall of Famer. I honestly didn't. I didn't, I didn't have any idea that I would play beyond the collegiate level, you know, for that matter. It's a telltale sign of guys that, you know, you think about the Kobe's, the guys like Vince that have played so many years and, and they're put into that great category. Um, you have your average, you're good, you're average, and you have your great. And so to be pushed in those conversations, um, it just doesn't happen. You know, Vince Carter, I mean, he had natural ability, but I've seen a number of guys with natural ability come into the league and then they just phase out two or three, four years. Um, there's a friend of mine, I think um, you may know him. Yeah, he played, he played, he got drafted to Orlando. Um, I went to school with him at UT, UT Chattanooga. His name was Johnny Taylor. Yeah, I know Johnny. <laughs> he lives yeah. in Orlando. Yeah. I'm talking about natural ability, right. jump out of the gym. But again, like I said, how many, this, that comes dime a dozen. There's a lot right. of people that come into the league with a lot of ability, but right. it's that work ethic. And that focus is what really separate people to, to, to have them have that longevity or you're just going to be a couple of years around the league and then and then you just phase out. Hey, Tia, real quick, Andy, before you ask your next question, but Tia, that's one thing I say a lot on on our uh, episodes, young athletes in general. It's like it's, it's, it's tough to get drafted. It's tough to be in professional sports, but it's even harder to stay there. And, you know, basing off of what you just said, like that's that's just another testament of like – you can be as gifted and you, the, one of the best coming from your area, your neighborhood, your state. But there's a couple of other ones who are just like you around the world. And when you get into the professional ranks, when it's, it's you know, it, it's limited to 450 people, let's say, in the NBA. Like you have to learn now how to stay there, because remember, there's somebody knocking on that door who wants your place. You can't get comfortable. It's like going from high school to college, just the talent level. Just think about the talent level in high school. Then you college. When you go from high school to college, the athletes get better. It's no different from college to the pros. Now the athletes have gotten better. Now you're playing with some of the best athletes around the entire country. And so now it's like, okay, who's the best of the best? And how do you sustain? And so, again, there's only a few, like I said, that gets put into that great category. And you think about the ones that, you know, we've talked about a couple of them already that are considered the greatest of all time. You know, you think about the Kobe's of the world. You know what I mean? You know, guys that left high school, you know, Kevin Garnett, you know, these guys, there's a lot that went into putting them on that on the map or in the conversations as some of the greatest to ever play the game. And so for me, I never thought I would be that guy. Um, but I, again, like I said, when you talk about my desire, my dedication and discipline, um, to be the best that I could be, yeah, I took bits and pieces of what I saw Jerry Rice do from, from a practice standpoint, from a game standpoint, me taking the time and uh, upon myself to go watch film, um, to better my skill set. Um, these are the things, the countless number of hours, um, that I, that I, I put into the weight room, um, the, just, uh, the sacrifice, you know, that I made you know, uh, removing myself from certain situations to keep myself focused in order to be um, one of the best uh, to best receivers to ever play the game. I got a far out question, Annie. I got to ask him. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before. Will we ever in, in, in our time see a football player come out of high school? I, I, that's crazy. I don't think, I don't think we will. I mean, I know what the rules are, are like they are, no, but I'm just saying. I, it, it, I, and I say that from just the standpoint of just the physicality. And I think mm-hmm. coming out of high school, guys, their bodies aren't, aren't mature aren't developed enough, enough, right. developed enough mm-hmm. to sustain, you know, some grown man hits. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that's that's a different animal. You mm-hmm. know, to go from high school to play in the pros, that can, that's an intimidating as one could get and it, you could be, you know, so. I don't think we're ever going to see that. I mean, right. like I said, never say never, never right, say right. you get somebody's a great athlete, you know, to uh, breed with uh, breed with a, with a great athlete. That's not telling what. Can right. Happen. True. True. Uh, what's the kid from uh, the Titans? Uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Running back. Eric Henry. Derek Henry. So I saw him in high school. I was like, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like, look he looked like him. he was ready back then. You know what I'm saying? Right, exactly. Hey, but like I said, nobody, nobody knows because he never got that opportunity. But yeah, right. looking That's at him, like yeah. yeah, he he looks like his body was ready for the Golly, National Football man. League. 
Like he was a, a man child. Right, right, <laughs> right. I just had to ask that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a great yeah. question, Vince. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, you have to find some super phenom uh, female athlete and a super phenom male athlete. You know what I mean? Because it, it's a joke, but everybody's like, oh, my God. I mean, I've heard it like, oh, my God, what if T.O. and Serena had a baby? You know what I right. mean? Right. <laughs> you know? That's, I mean, it's going to take something like that. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. These are you're talking about two phenomenal athletes breeding and, and obviously creating something that we've never ever seen before. And that's what LeBron kind of is, you know what I mean? So before we close, I do want to touch on what you've been doing in isolation during this coronavirus stuff. I know you are like the TikTok god now. So first of all, hey, bro. I laugh every whole, time. You're holding it down for the 40 somethings on there. Because I don't know if I'd see Vince on TikTok ever, but you never know. <laughs> okay, if you get on TikTok before you get on Instagram, I'm gonna be not okay. No, that's um, good. Well, he's on, he's on Instagram. He's yeah. on Instagram. I, I mean, that's you, all been... we see a bunch of green. That's all we see greens and him swinging, but he's on Instagram. Okay, but we need like a public Instagram where the people can engage with him, not just like One the day. cool kids like you. One day. Yeah, to answer your question, I got, I honestly, I've I spent a lot of time with my daughter here. I have a daughter here. And uh, so, yeah, just been spending time with her, just watching her grow. And it's 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 fun to, you know, be a father, become a father and just just really just it's so precious just to see them grow. You know what I mean? And just be around them on an everyday basis. And, uh, you know, parents, parenthood is something I never really envisioned. Um, not this is not my first kid, but just being around my kids on a on a regular basis, more so than when I was playing or, you know, tr- uh, working out during the offseason and things of that nature. And obviously the Corona, this this uh, coronavirus uh, pandemic has enabled and allowed all of us to kind of spend more time than we could have anticipated. So, um, you know, like I said, and, and for me, like I said, just being involved more into engaging with you know, friends, whether it be FaceTime, um, uh, being more communicative, you know, texting, um, social media out platforms. I mean, you look on, you can go on right now in any given time, the last couple of weeks, you go on, you go on Instagram and all you can see is live. Everybody's live. You know, I think it's allowed a lot of people to, you know, be creative, more creative, um, especially now you have this other TikTok craze uh, platform with, with TikTok. And so I've subjected myself to it. And, and you're addicted now. Yeah, I have to confess, I'm a TikTok addict. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love it. See, I tell you, he's, a, he's a pro. He is a pro. He is a true pro. Vince, you got any more questions for our guests before we close? Nah, man, nah, man. This is great. Man, let me just say this, man. Congratulations, you know, like I said, to a hell of a career, bro. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Man, it's, I mean, honestly, like I said, it's, it's amazing. Like I said, obviously that's part of who you are, have, man. Amazing to see what you've done you know, throughout the course of your career. And man, like I said, I mean, dude, not many players. Yeah, I mean, you've won only one of three or four that have played 20 plus years. So that's what you, Dirk, Kobe, is that, is that it? Somebody, uh, Robert Parrish Robert, and, man, um, Kevin Willis. Man, that's that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. To, to play 20 years, you know, and I, I mean, we talked about players getting to the playoffs, you know, winning championships. You would think that any player that have played 20 years, that they would have a championship. You don't have any championship, but like I said, he has a resume, you know, that is just, you know, like I said, you obviously want to win a championship, but I think the things that, you know, he's accomplished throughout his career, like I said, you can be satisfied and you know, you can ride off into the sunset and like, you know, that you, you've given it your all. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes players, you know, you, you, you luck out and you get on great teams or, you know, you can, you're like a Richard Jefferson, you kind of find yourself, you know, the end of your career and you end up on a team, you end with a championship. And so, yeah. you know, I couldn't, man, I you, couldn't do it T. I, I, I promise you, man, I couldn't just, uh, from the era I came from, I couldn't ride the coattail, man. You know, I just, uh, it's, it's, it's sometimes, you, you know, you hear it, like social media, you hear people talking about, just go, just go here, just go here and just get that championship with them. It's just like, you know, when you're a competitor and, and you love to compete and, and I've said it a million times, so this is not the first time I've said it. I just love to play. I just love to compete. I just love to be out there and 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 more so now at this age is so that I can still compete with guys 20 years younger than me and and, and I, I, w- I, w- I would be a miserable person if I just sat on the end of a bench and couldn't compete and, and, and give 
to the team that's winning the championship. I just, I. But but the thing is, with your ability, I mean, I get where you're coming from. That's that's awfully noble and admirable to hear you say that. But again, guarantee if you were to have gone to a team that was on the cusp, and like I said, I guarantee you, you would have been one of those players. They would have found a way for you to contribute. And I think just your competitiveness, competitiveness would have enabled you and put you in positions to compete. So, you know, like I said, I, I get where you're coming from, but I mean, you look at guys, like I said, you know, they have championships. I mean, not to take anything away from them, but you look at guys like your Richard Jefferson, uh, Swaggy P, you know what I mean? These are guys, like I said, I mean, they jumped on, you know, the coattails and they had opportunities to go elsewhere. But like I said, at the end of the day, you want to ultimately win a championship, but like I said, you have your way of thinking about it and they had to, yeah, yeah I, don't, I, mean, I don't knock nobody for doing it. It's just, I, I just... You know, I know I've, been, I've enjoyed, you know, watching you. I know when you won that first dunk contest, you know, I was up in Oakland because I was, that's, I was, I was yeah. out there. Yeah. I, I was in the stands, and like I said, dude, you, like I said, I'm sure you've heard all God the comments and everything, but, bro, from a football player, like I said, having that basketball love and gene, bro, you, you've done a hell of a job. You know, Thank and you, I man. appreciate it. And congratulations. Appreciate you, brother. Always. Absolutely. Well, that's a great note for us to go ahead and close on. So, Tio, thank you so much for your time tonight. We really appreciate it. It's been really fun to hear from you. You're a guest that Vince and I have always talked about getting on. And now that we're using Zoom, it's a lot easier to get people who are across the country or, you know, down the street on with us. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to give us five stars. Leave five us a stars. review. Tio, you think we should get five stars? Absolutely. Uh, I got I mean. Like this winging it podcast, I've started my own podcast as well. So I give a little shout out, a little plug. I hope Go ahead, plug it. Get your popcorn ready podcast with T.O. and Hatch. And uh, we were probably like four to about 13 or 14 uh, episodes in. Uh, this week we released uh, the one with Jamil Hill. So, uh, okay. Uh, great guest on. I'm trying to think basketball. Have we had basketball? We haven't had any basketball players, but we got, we got, let, some. Me, be the, let me be the first then. Yeah, we got, we got some lined up, man. We've had, uh, Boris Kojo, Bill Bellamy. We had a baseball player, Adrian Gonzalez, Bria mm-hmm. uh, Murphy, um, Manny Santiago, who's a skateboarder. Like, I mean, we've had some pretty, pretty uh, good guests on. So we'd love to have uh, Vince on. I mean, he has a chance. Sure. Consider it done. And that is a wrap with Mr. Tio. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Yo. Yeah.